Church Strengthening Podcast brought to you by the Grand Crossings Baptist Association, located in the heart of Missouri in the counties of Audrain and Callaway, where churches are working together to advance the kingdom of Christ. I'm your host, Preston Thompson, Director of Missions for Grand Crossings, and I'm joined with in the studio today. <laughs> we should not do these podcasts right after lunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is L.P. Cook. I'm the associate pastor at Union Hill Baptist Church. Will Hoffman, senior pastor, Rising Sun Baptist Church. And I'm Brad Kerr. I'm the unassociate pastor at First Baptist <laughs> in Fulton. Uh, this, well, you can see how this one's going to go, folks. You can see how this one's going to go. Our discussion today is exegeting your community. So many people are going to get lost on that first word. What does exegeting your community mean? Sounds dangerous to me. So, so here's the deal. I love this, right? Uh, and some of you who've been in Baptist life for a long time, you'll you'll recognize some of these things. Um, there's this great kids program. Many churches still running it called Awana. Fantastic thing. Well, but if you're hardcore Southern Baptist, then you can't just run somebody else's program. It's got to be baptized, so to speak. So we baptized Awana and made it Team Kid. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's what we did. So and strangely, it didn't last very long. I don't know what's up with that. Great program. Don't hear me disparaging, but I do think we were kind of like, oh, let's have our own deal with that. Exegeting, I think, is kind of like that. Um, so exegeting is a pastoral term or a Bible term. You know, getting the meaning out of the text. So it's fine. But what we're really talking about is engaging your community, finding out what needs there are, what. Uh, what kind of avenues you can use as a church to get involved and to meaningfully interact with your community. And so we wanted to sound very spiritual and Christian. We use the term exegete. There you go. There you go. Sounds smart when you say words like that. Yeah. Big words. Well, so basically you're, we're just trying to figure out who's in our community and what they do and where they are in their life. And so and, it's kind of like you're casing the joint. Like you're casing your community for Christ. So that's got to be the, the, the theme for the, this is, the podcast, the name of it, Casing the Joint. This is, uh, this, this is actually, and I don't know if you heard that bit of it, this is Lee Strobel's new book. It's no longer the case for Christ. It's Casing for Christ. You know, so that's, that's, that's awesome also. I would like to say at this point that this podcast is in no way associated with Lee Strobel, nor is he aware of us. And, the following, the preceding comments do not reflect the views of Lee Strobel or anyone. I think we can mention just about anybody on the podcast. <laughs> but, but if he steals the title, he will be hearing. Yes. From yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, so it, and it seems like when we talk about getting to know who's in your community and what the, what the activities or the needs or those kinds of things are, it seems like this should already be something we know. As church people, just people that follow Jesus. As people, as, right? As just we people. Li- we right, live, in live in our community. community. But it is true that we set up this kind of subculture, and it doesn't, it's not something we try to do, but we end up all of a sudden, and many of you probably had this, uh, this thing happen to you where you look around, you take a little inventory about, now who do I need to be sharing Christ with? And you realize... Well, darn! All of my, all the people I know, all the people I hang up, they go to church with me. I'm, I've insulated myself. I didn't set out to do that. But we have great things like we want to have Christian fellowship. We want to 
you know, we want to bond with our brothers and sisters. And that's good. But we lose sight of what's going on in our around us because there are certain groups of people that we just don't see, namely those who don't come to church. Yeah. And I definitely think that, you know, when you do this, it also depends on where your church is located. Because the way, you know, a church um, in Holt Summit would uh, do it a little different than a church out in rural Hatton. Because right. different type of people, uh, although we're not far away from each other. I mean, even Fulton and Hatton, 20-minute drive, but right. two different type of people that are going to those churches. Uh, and then and that you have to take an account for that of what type of people am I looking for. And even scheduling events um, because a farmer's life is much different than somebody that works in Jeff City. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and, and I think, too, the, a big barrier that we get into is, uh, is technology and our United States mindset. Because when you go to other countries, they, they aren't as individualistic as we are. Mm. You know, they don't think about John Wayne. They don't think about uh, the Lone Ranger. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't think about these things. And so they already community together. Can I use that? Can I use community as a verb? As a verb. They, yeah. they, already, they already get together um, on their own because they're people and they share common interests and they're, they're you know, around each other. And, uh, and in the United States, we are, have been pulling away from each other. We have been pulling back into our house. You know, um, I, I grew up in Northern California and you didn't wave at people in cars mm. unless you wanted a sign from their, a gesture from them back. Uh, you just didn't do it because it just you didn't look at each other in the eye. So when I got down to southern Arkansas and our pastor waved at everybody, I kept saying, do you know them? No, but they live here. And so I started doing that, and then I went back to visit our family in California, and my wife waved at somebody, and I was like, what are you doing? You can't wave at somebody out here because we don't, we don't know people unless they're in our, our spheres, our church or sports or, you know, whatever, social groups. Um, and so I think... And I think technology allows us to feel like we know each other. Oh, I saw them on Facebook. Oh, right. you know, or we can keep up with people that are so far away that we never see them face to face. And so we're not thinking about our neighbors. We're not thinking about the, the parents on our kids' sports teams or our coworkers because we're so focused on technology that allows us to be out there. It, it would be so easy to suddenly veer this podcast and just, I just want to stay there, right? I just want to talk right, about right, yeah. why, how we do this, that's, that's why, we maybe next week. Yeah. why we shouldn't do this and, and uh, you know, how, how this happens and what it is in our, in our culture and in our own psychology. But the assumption here is that we're talking with folks who say, okay, that's where I am. How do I, how does our church right. get out of that? Yeah. How do we get into, uh, into our community. I've heard several conference speakers or denominational leaders or whatever say some variation on this phrase, if your church ceased to exist, would anybody other than your church members even notice mm-hmm. or care? Yeah. Um, and, and all of us, I think all of us want to be in a church who we would say, oh man, if we went belly up, our community would go, oh no, what are we going to do? We want to make that kind of impact in our community. Yeah. How do we even get started? Because we have a pretty good history. I mean, I know we do at my church, and I'm sure other churches do. Uh, you know, of doing events or something, we thought, oh, this will be great. 
and yeah, wow, we showed up right. to it and no one else did. <laughs> you know, so how do how do we do that in a in a meaningful way? I think one of the best ways that I experienced this again, growing up in out west uh, in Northern California, um, I had never thought about this. But as we talked about earlier, you know, exegeting or casing casing the joint for Christ. Right. Um, you know, when you when you go out into your community and you're walking, you know, if you and your wife or you and your kids go to the park or you go on a walk, look at the homes that you're passing. And we were talking about this earlier, you know, do they have playground equipment? Do they have, uh, you know, little kids? Do they have a basketball? Is there a basketball sitting out there? Does it look like they take care of their house? And then you can start prayer walking and just being out there among people. And the more you pray for people in your community, the harder it is to be angry with other people in your community. So if you're praying for a family that is a different race than you are or different uh, background or whatever that is, um, it's going to be harder for you to feel animosity towards them as you seek to have them come to know Jesus. And so if we can get church members out, whether that's whether that's like a, a scheduled thing by the church, you know, the, the pastor says, hey, we're going to go out, we're going to prayer walk this community, or whether that's just church members saying, man, I want to see people that I live near come to know Christ, just going out and doing it. And then and then just start to get to know people because I think that's the that's the one thing that you can do here in the United States that you can do in Africa, China, anywhere. You can get to know people created in the image of God and say, man, this is who I am. This is my life. This is my story. And you don't even have to just go up to them and say, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? You know, you can you can have fuller conversations about a fuller gospel of Christ. And so maybe that's a good point to something kind of teases in the back of my brain when we talk about these things. And I'm sure there'd be others who would say, oh, wait a minute. We're talking about social issues. You know, we've seen denominations. We've seen people who got so concerned with helping the poor or feeding the hungry or whatever that they just abandoned the gospel. It became all about this working in our community and serving others, and they just, the gospel got shunted to the side. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a necessarily an automatic fix for that, but I think it's probably at the risk of bringing up the Bible— uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, that when Jesus separates the sheep and the goats, uh, Matthew 25, I think is yep. where I am. Uh, anyway, when he lists things, he says, "I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was sick and in prison, you visited me. I was naked, and you clothed me." These are all things people did. I think our why has to stay in the front. Why do we do these things? Because, because of the gospel. Because we want to show people's, we want to show people Jesus' love for them by our love for them. And eventually, what we need to not lose sight of certainly yeah. is that as we serve, we also want to be holding out the gospel. Because if we have people well fed, clothed, shelter, all of these physical needs, and we don't ever address their need for the Savior, well, we've just given them a comfortable early life to spend eternity apart from God. And that's that's no good. It's not what we're talking about. I mean, you know, I, just, I don't know. I want to make that clear. probably is unnecessary to get after that too bad. <laughs> but I don't want to, and I don't also want to be turned off because somebody's like, oh, well, they've stopped talking about the gospel. No, certainly not. Uh, yeah. 
that's yeah, kind of a deal there. You know, recently, Will, you and I, uh, we went for a drive, and I love to yeah. do this with our pastors: is pick them up, go drive around their community, and we saw something very interesting on that drive that you never seen before. You want to talk about that? Oh, the school? Yeah, yeah. So uh, about tw- it's about twelve miles from the church, and um, you know we we're in the North Callaway School District, so we know everything about North Callaway and what's going on in North Callaway. As we're driving, uh, and this was actually during our fun day program that we do at the church uh, for North Callaway, um, 12 miles away from our church is a elementary school in Boone County. I had no idea that school was there. Uh, you didn't know that school was there. Nope. But we just kind of popped out of a, con- a country road, and there's a school. So <laughs> we're looking at that, looking at that going... Where this first? Where are we at? <laughs> and why don't we know about the school? Yeah. And so I did go back to the church and started talking to uh, some of the ladies there, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, I forget what it is, two mile, nine per, miles, nine per, miles, something like that." Yeah. Uh, elementary school, and I thought, well, that's, you know, in all honesty, it, it's not that far away from the church, um, and that's a whole new. Uh, school district and school teachers kids that we can love on that we can you know that gives us a whole nother school because we got uh hat mcgraney uh just a few miles from our church and now we have this other one that it's a new mission field yeah because where you're located you're in the the southwest part of north Calloway school district uh right along i-70 but also up against Boone County line. Well, so, in fact, our address, if, if you go down the street, um, and it's fun because depending on what GPS you have, depends on if you can find our church or not. Because on one side of the road, it's a Columbia address, and the, on the other side of the road is an Avals address. So mm-hmm. technically, our church, I believe, has a Columbia address, but everything mm-hmm. goes through Avals in North, uh, Kingdom City. Yeah. So it's, it's a really interesting area. So you, one of you just said fun day. I don't remember which one. But, Will, you're doing something at church that I think is a great example of meeting the needs of our community. Tell us what fun day is and how, for the purposes of this conversation, how'd you, how'd you come up with that? Well, I, 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 I'll be honest, I didn't. Um, I wish I could take the credit for it, but I didn't. Well, as far as we know, you can take the credit. I mean, we won't know any different. <laughs> we've already, so. yeah. we've already grabbed on to Lee Strobel's book, so right. yeah. you know, we can I just, mean, just, just, just take it all taking. in. But I, the people that came up with it actually go to church. So um, oh. I was I was desperately looking for a way to get into our schools. Uh, like I said, Hatton, uh, Hatton McGraney is only, what, a few miles away from our church, Uh as they say, as a crow flies, it's like a mile. Um, and my first thought was donuts, you know, every morning, whatever, or not every morning, but like once a month, something like that, donuts, coffee. But North Callaway decided the school district was going to go to a four-day school week. And that means there's a lot of kids whose parents can't afford daycare for a day. Uh, I think there was one daycare in the area that was going to charge parents like five or twenty five dollars a kid for a day wow. that's a lot of money uh as as the year goes on mm-hmm. um so 
I had some members, uh, Judy Crawford, our youth worker, and her husband, Gary Crawford, had this idea about doing a, a child care service. And, you know, the first thought we thought was, well, got to run it past the insurance, make sure everything we can do is legal and all that. Had no problem there. And just started getting into the schools and saying, hey, we're going to offer a free, you know, kind of like a day camp. It, the name came Fun Day. You know, Fun Day Monday. Uh, we're going to bring the kids in. It's like a one-day VBS a week. Uh, it's structured. We have times where they learn the states. We do Bible lesson. And these are a bunch of kids that aren't going to church. And they're seeing things like the baptistry, and they're asking, what is that for? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, how do you get baptized? I've been asked all these questions. Um and we set it up so that the parents can have that opportunity to not have to worry about paying the babysitter or uh, throwing, the, throwing their kids off on, like, the grandparents and stuff like that. That we're there from school hours, 7.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh, to come in, love on the kids. We're doing, we did a Christmas program with them. We're doing a Valentine's Day program with them. And then it also gives us an opportunity to invite the kids and their parents to all the events we got for the church. Um, this year we did live nativity and we had an entire family, not just the parents, but the grandparents came to our live nativity in, in a local barn. Um, and it just gives us that that great way. And it's really awesome when you go into places, a grocery store, and you see the kids and they run up to you and they're, oh, Pastor Will, or you know, whoever they see and their parents know you and they're talking. And it's it's worked out great. It's, it's, it's a cool idea. And I, I love hearing him talk about it just because it, the thing is that especially for this, you know, understanding your community, the only thing that was required there was seeing, hey, there's a need here. Yeah. How can we help with that? Yeah. And and I think, so there's a little bit of a balance. If there's an obvious need in your community, how can you serve to that? But then also sometimes I think of at Union Hill, we do a, we're in the middle of it right now, we do a kids instructional league. Kids, I mean, we take third through fifth graders uh, instructional basketball league. And we play basketball. I know Southside and Fulton just started an upward league. And both of those things are, are kind of the same purpose. For us, we're at Union Hill Baptist Church. We house uh, sports crusaders in our uh, former Parsonage Mission House. Um, and so we had, for years, our, one of our members was Bobby Shows, Plays center for Mississippi State when he's in college. He's part of the Game of Change that was featured a few years ago basketball's near to his heart is something we have a strength so why wouldn't we start doing yeah. that well we use something that our church we have people in our church who they know what to do or know how to do that and therefore we can see if that speaks for our community it always has you know for us that's a that's been a great thing you know if we had i don't know if we had a couple of famous football players i'm sure we could do the same thing for that uh, or, you know, for Brad, choir, you know, if we had famous yeah. vocalists Choir's, or something like that. Choir, <laughs> but I was part of a, of a conference here this couple weeks ago 
where this was the subject of the guy's talk. Now, he was in Detroit. This guy, Daryl Gaddy, was in Detroit. Almost all the things that he mentioned, I was like, well, we can't do that. We can't yeah. do that. We can't do that. Different. But yeah. he had a great idea about how to go about finding out what was needed. So in his context, again, in Detroit, big city, inner city kind of setting, he went to the local police department and said, what's our highest rate our biggest percentage of crimes that are committed, what area is that in? Not geographic area, but what kind of crime is committed? And so what he committed to do with the police department is that when they found that out, he would speak to his church about that. So what he's done for the police department is said, hey, we care. We want to be your partner. We want to we want to help with this deal. Well, he didn't talk about it a lot then, but then I asked him, I said, so all the conversations we have about uh race issues and especially around the police department does that make a spot and he said oh yeah because we've already served them then we also get to host at our church our police uh captain the the couple of city leaders along our law enforcement and community leaders that we host a meeting where they get to come together and talk about these conflict issues and how we work these things out community policing all this we get an opportunity to speak into that because we did this other thing in serving and so he suggested to us, and I, I would throw that right along, even in some place like Holt Summit, Fulton, uh, you have a city police department. What can we do to help them? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, is it something where we're going to have some major area of crime? Probably not. Out in the county, you know, you're served by either Audrain or Callaway County Sheriff's Department. Those guys have to, just one thing I'm thinking about, those guys have to respond to tragedy. You know, car accidents, they have to go to a home. They have to, you know, they in domestic violence, whatever, they have to frequently notify people of something awful. Could we help them in that? As pastors, can we help in that way and serve them and be able to do, you know, something else? That's, I don't know if they'll receive that, but I know they will not ask probably on their own. But if we go and offer that, that's something that we could, you know, for any kind of yeah. first responder. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that, our churches really need to do is they need to become experts of their community. Know it in and out. They need to know their government officials and be able to communicate on on their level. Um, know through the you know the law enforcement what are the needs, the community, the, the schools, how do we reach them, you know. If there would be a, an accident, um, for instance when I was at Southside in Fulton, um, the water main broke at the local school. So they called up and said, hey, can we bring the kids over to do bathrooms? Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's be that, that outsource. Now, we were in close um, location, proximity to that, but you need to be a resource, going back to what you said, LP, right. you gotta be a resource that the community can rely on, that expects, um, and that just takes a lot of work, but also you need to understand who's it, who is actually in your community. Um, been meeting with a lot of our churches lately and and we've been talking about that and uh, for one church we're looking at it and I have all these different studies I want to put that out there that I have the demographic studies for every church in our association all 35 of them that tell you a lot of the statistics of, of who's in your community in a five mile radius what uh, different uh, religions are represented the socioeconomic the the housing, you know, what what's the housing made up of? Is it um, single mothers? Is it families? Is it, you know, newlyweds? That kind of stuff. I have all that for every one of our churches. Uh, it's one of those things you got to ask, 
and I want to give it, but it, I need to put together binders for you, so it takes a little bit of time. Right. But was with a, a church here a couple of weeks ago, and they asked that question, and I started pulling up the, the information that I had. We realized in a five-mile radius from this church, 10,500 people lived. And for this church, they were a um, senior adult-driven church, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that their eyes became open. They're like, wait a minute, there's a lot more people that live around us than what we thought because they kind of lost focus. They, they've been focused so much on, on the just the church of what they were doing that they didn't see their community around them. And I, so, so who, do you, who do you ask for these things? We've mentioned a few folks, and I just kind of want to list them quickly. School principals. Mm-hmm. What, and, and that conversation goes like this. I'm LP. I've worked down at the church down here. I'm one of the pastors down at the church down here at Union Hill. What could we do that would help you? I don't have, and you think, well, gosh, LP, you're a great big church. You got all this money. I, I, I'm right up front with them. You know, we're spending our money on a building. That's it. We, we had a building project. We, we don't have, I mean, our, our budget is large compared to many, but I don't have a stack of money to put in. And I tell them, I, tell them, I said, I don't, I don't have a stack of money. What I do have is a fair pile of volunteers. You know, I, got, I do have 300 people who show up. Not all of them are going to work, but some of them. What can we do for you? So I, get, I happen to have two elementary schools. Kind of sounds like what you have, Will. I have two elementary schools that serve our area primarily. Um, they're close enough to us now obviously our kids go to high school and uh, middle school also those are both in Jeff City for us while we can do some things there just because of the community the elementary schools make more sense uh, you can ask some everybody has law enforcement right whether it's city police or, or county sheriffs everybody has a fire protection district every, you know that serves you somewhere everybody has ambulance service that serves you somewhere those are all folks you can ask I would just say get ready for menial tasks, right? I mean, yeah. we went to our uh, the one the limited experience I have. We went to our city and said, "Hey, this year." And by the way, I'd throw this out there for for an idea. Uh, this year, we always schedule a revival in the fall. I mean, that's something we do. We still have these series of special meetings Sunday through Wednesday. So what we decided a few years ago, this year, we're going to have a kind of a mission trip feel to that. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, while we're having revival services in the evening, we're also going to have service projects out in the community, wherever we can find service projects. And so one of the meetings I had, I called up our city administrator and said, what could we do? Well, he said, well, we got these woods out behind the park. You could pick up trash out of there. Not the highest skill job yeah. Yeah. available, right? I got people, I'm sure, who could have put better personal resources together. But that's what they wanted. Okay, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. You know, we and need this really handrail yeah. that's paint. We could use some paint on this. Okie dokie. You know, we'll, we'll paint that. And uh, so, you know, it's not like there was some earth-moving thing. It was just an opportunity to sit down with them and say, hey, we want to help. We but, want the, part of the but those menial tasks can lead to earth-moving things. Yeah, absolutely. Last year for the Fulton Street Fair, we came and we had, like, I think a total of 15 people throughout the day on Saturday, and we just walked up and down the streets. So we met at church, walked down Court Street, picked up trash, turned around and came back. Mm. You know, I contacted the, the people that put the street fair on and just said, hey, can you use this? Is this something that, we, that would be beneficial? And they're like, yeah, that would be great. If you could come and pick up trash, because it just it just gets dirty. I mean, right. it's just trash sure. is everywhere. So, 
I mean, we didn't get the street clean. I wouldn't have eaten anything off of it. But um, like you know, any other time I, of the year, I would eat stuff off of it. Of course, <laughs> right? Sure, um, of course. Yeah, but but that's just one of the things. And one of the neatest things is we had people come up to us and said, "Man, it sure stinks to be you guys having to pick up all this trash." And I and and I was like, to this, uh, I don't know, early twenties, I was like, "Well, actually, we're picking it up because." We're from First Baptist, and we want to show our community that we love them because Jesus died for us. I mean, I didn't like, you know, there weren't any points to the gospel presentation. I just shared them. Like, this is why we're doing it. And my three-year-old, well, I guess he was just turned three-year-old son, was like, yeah, we love Jesus. And I was like, oh, well, tears are welling up in my eyes or whatever. But, um, But when we start showing our community that we love them in this way to do menial tasks, I think it can lead to those earth-changing opportunities. It's just it's it's a it's a great it's a great way to put our faith and our works together to serve our community to understand this is a need you know like 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 the fun day I mean that fun day no yeah 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 that's such an awesome that's just such well, an awesome thing I mean because then you get to know the kids you have an opportunity to get to know their parents and you're not doing that for the sole purpose of them coming to know Jesus. You're doing that because they are people and you love them. Yeah, you saw and, that need and wanted to, to and take And they're going to see that. that, you know, with yeah. every project any church does, you know, no matter how big or how small, the people will see that love and compassion that you have for them because of the love and compassion we have through Christ. Yeah. That that will bleed out and people will, you know, and one of the things that I really want people to understand, like whenever they drive by any church, is that they can see that as that building a refuge, that if they need something, mm, yes. they know they can go there. Mm. And that's one of the biggest things that I want our churches to understand is that if people just see, you know, drive by your church and say, oh, that's the church that, you know, they hold, you know, lunches for themselves every Wednesday and won't let anyone in. Right. Yeah, let's not do that. But if they say, hey, you know, I need to use the restroom. Can I stop in there? Or... Mm. We're going to be doing an event. Could you all volunteer? Yeah. Be that for the community So, because that's what we're called to do. Let's just yeah. be honest. Something you brought up, you need to do a man-on-the-street survey of going around and, and someone else could do it from another church or whatever, but go around and ask people what they know about your church. I do this a lot of times when I go into communities that our churches are in because I'm that outside person. I'm not the pastor of the church. I'm not going to that church as a member, but I'll go to the local convenience store. So tell me, as I'm buying a drink or you know a soda or something, tell me what you know about this church. You'd be surprised the answers. Mm. But the the worst answer is what church? <coughs> yeah. Or or like I was talking to a. Uh, church a couple weeks ago and I said what's the name of the cashier who works at the gas station that's just down from their church I don't know I don't go in to buy gas I don't I don't go inside right. it works both ways and mm-hmm. so we need to get a good view of of what the community thinks about our church but also how we're impacting how are we getting names how are we infiltrating our our community i had one person tell me one time the worst thing to happen for churches is um the electric garage door opener because because <laughs> when we're inside we we get in our cars we hit the garage door opener we pull out of our garage we hit the door 
again it closes we go do our thing and when we pull up to our house we we do the thing in reverse and we go inside and we lock the doors we never go outside and talk you know it's the evils of technology yeah exactly (laughs) but we got to get out into our communities a little bit he says on the podcast (laughs) 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 but you know that both ways things you just mentioned I, i wanted to uh, something occurred to me as we were talking about the kind of work that we're probably going to get, you know, not earth-shattering, whatever. But that's a great thing, too, because so many of the jobs that we have as church people, right? You're looking for Sunday school teachers. You're looking for uh, folks to help lead music or worship. Whatever. We don't think of them like this, but they're highly skilled jobs, right? There are a ton of people in my congregation who look and say, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm not qualified to do that. I don't know my Bible well enough. I don't speak well in front of people. I don't. Yeah, the list is endless. Now, I know that's all not true. I know that they could be a part of this. But when we do something, we say, you know, Brad says on First Baptist on a Sunday morning, hey, we're going to pick up trash on the street next Saturday. When I say, hey, we're going to go paint a handrail or pick up trash out of the woods or Will says, I need you to supervise these kids doing this activity. All of a sudden, that goes away. Somebody out in your congregation says, wait a minute, that I can do. That I can be a part of. And as a pastor, I would say, when we're out there doing it, as important, and I'm an education guy, I'm big time Sunday school, I love my Sunday school teachers and value them highly. If I had to choose between which one I was going to do, I would say let's get everybody out in the community. Now, yeah. happily, I don't have to choose, but you know, let's get them out painting handrails or serving uh, lunch to teachers. Uh, we did this this uh, last semester a little bit uh, when the teachers had a professional development day. They were all in their elementary school. What are you guys doing for lunch? Uh, well, then we'll just do something all our own. Well, so we pull together salad bar fixings. You know, somebody grills chicken, somebody brings a bag of lettuce. Some, all these fixes we and we bring them in and we serve lunch. They thought that was great and it was a snap. I mean, it yeah. was just not very hard. And everybody gets to participate. It doesn't require special qualifications. It doesn't require Christian experience. Everybody gets to do something. It's fantastic. But you engage the the school. That was the big thing. Oh yeah, you, benefits benefits our community and it also benefits our church by raising the participation yeah. level a ton. Going back to something you guys were talking about, like who are we? Who are the people that we need to be talking to yep. um, at, at a conference? I think the same one that you were at LP. Um, I went to one that was talking about developing your target area. It was about a church planter. Oh yeah. And some of the things that they brought up, which was in- interesting, was um, talking to the builders and the developers in your area. Um, oh wow. May- maybe maybe you're in an area that they're building, you know, building houses and stuff like that. Go talk to them. What or like a state hospital? Yeah. What. What are they building? What's the price range for that that house? What are they developing? Because that will really tell you. Because they've done all the work to say this is going to be viable. Because they're not going to build something that they're they're not going to be able to sell. They're they're going to build something that that's where people are already forecasted, and so it gives you a good idea of where where you're going. Um, and you can do some of those other uh, demographics on forecasting where where things are going, but. Some of the other people is uh, or different things. How do people vote? Will really tell you, especially in a rural area. Or can your church be a voting place? What if sometimes you don't want to know how they vote? 
Yeah. I already if, have enough fights, Preston. What, I don't if, need yeah. <laughs> what if you find out and you think, oh, that's... Well, I mean, what that... Just kidding. You kind of want to know what hot, hot button topics are. So you can press them? Yeah. <laughs> if that's the way that God has yeah. gifted... Or you. rather so that you can... Uh, Biblically steer them into the proper understanding of these topics. Yeah, we're not telling them, oh, you got to vote on this party line and that party line, but biblically, how do you? How are you supposed to vote? Yeah. Um, also, where do people work at? You know, a lot of our communities, a lot of where our churches are, they're bedroom communities. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to Columbia or to Jeff City. Um, you know, some of these other areas. So, where do the people in your community work? Um, Looking at at maybe for for ULP, uh, knowing that Jeff City is getting ready to build a new school, one of the things that they talked about, again, this guy was from Indianapolis, so he's looking at a bigger thing, but where are the new school locations? Oh, yeah. And Jeff City is going to be going to that. Right, because they're, they're looking at the population, where it's at. They're trying to get to a spot yep. that, yeah. that there's going to be population growth. Yeah. What, what do people value? Again, some of these things you're going to just have to get out and beat the streets and talk to people. So, so, so thinking about beating the streets because I, I serve in my context. You know, we have a, a town. Brad obviously in Fulton is in a bigger town. Uh, you know, we need to get out and do some walking. Right? You mentioned that earlier. Uh, there's some neighbors just walking. Uh, Will is serving kind of where I grew up, not in the same place, but I grew up in a church that was in a town, McGurk. Hello, can I get a witness? Uh, I've been by there. The the McGurk is not even on the map anymore. So the state highway, Highway 50, moves south of McGurk, so it's no longer on a state highway. So that's the rule. If you're not on a state-maintained highway, they don't put you on the transportation map. So a few years ago, my town disappeared off the map. It was awesome. Um, Sounds like cars. It's uh, yes. So you're radiator, radiator space. I grew up so in radiator space. So you're from nowhere. <laughs> yes, I am from so nowhere. Um, so um, the map used to say the McGurk had a hundred people, and I used to say that was when church was full on Sunday. That's mm-hmm. the only way there was a hundred mm-hmm. people in McGurk was when church house was full. But I grew up on a farm, rural community, and I'm thinking about some of those things, and I'm going. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There's a school, but it's out of town. You're you're very fortunate. You have one close. Uh, if I really minister and live out in the middle of nowhere, there's no housing developments. There's no that. But there are cows. <laughs> yeah. There's Will, cows. If it and so that I've, I've mentioned this to Will because this to me is a story of if you have your head up looking for opportunities to engage your communities, stuff will happen that you would not believe. Okay, so this this goes back a week uh, at our prayer meeting uh, last Wednesday, and and one of our members said that their neighbors lost cows, six cows, which is a lot. I mean, for a farmer's oh, yeah. life, six cows is a lot, a lot of hamburger right there. <laughs> so. You know, city boy T bones. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> I thought anyway. it would be milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they were brown cows, so chocolate milk. Yeah. Oh. So, oh, so just so happened yesterday, uh, was leaving uh, church, and I realized, and our weather was not so nice to us yesterday. Um, ice on the window. It was uh, freezing rain. 
But I left my phone charger at the church, and I don't do anything without my phone because well, it's well, Apple. Why would you? I know. <laughs> you can't do anything. So as I turn around, as I'm going back to the church in the freezing rain, I look out into the field, and I see six cows. And it dawned on me. Six cows are missing from the community. Now, they're nowhere near the farm anymore. They've, they've had a week to travel. So immediately I called the church member that brought it up during, business, or during the prayer meeting. And I said, hey, did they find their cows? No, they haven't. I found their cows. <laughs> Granted, it's, it's not the best weather to be doing this. My kids are hungry. They want to go home and eat. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a person's livelihood. This is a lot of money. And now the weather is getting nasty. No one's going to be stopping and going, whose cows are these? But I'm also looking at it as, hey, this is a way for me to connect with this family. Because now I have a way to say, hey, I'm glad I was able to find your cows. And then say, hey, come to church. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm going to rope it's, them in. But... Uh, but with that's the, the thing. Cows. You get yeah, the you get it. Oh, yeah. Cows well, it's a good thing you brought them in because otherwise you'd have frozen beef. <laughs> Wouldn't be eligible for Wendy's, that's for sure. Mm. Never no. frozen. Probably but, placed a bit like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in all reality, it was it was it was me remembering a need of the community. This family lost yep. these cows, desperately looking for them. The, the entire community of Stevens, which again. It's a sign. You blink, you miss it. Was looking for these cows. Just so happened, I remembered that from the prayer meeting. I paid attention, made the calls I needed to make, and now they got their cows back. And and this will sound super over-spiritual and whatnot, but there were people better equipped to find those cows than Will. Oh, absolutely. You know, right, right. But so <laughs> in his providence... Why would God allow those cows to be found by Will in all of those? I mean, there are plenty of people who could have loaded them up in a trailer, taken them back, and been over. But it comes, well, I, I mean, I really do think. I think God's in that, right? He's made an opportunity for somebody who wanted to reach in their community. For Will, you think, well, he just reached one family. That's huge in a rural community. It is. You, you reach one family, and, you know, this is part of the deal. So I just don't discount small things and... Um, yeah, awesome deal. We also happen to do it at Union Hill. We have food uh, pantry ministry, lots of partners with that. I'd be happy to, to tell people about that. I'm not going to go into all the details on this deal. But, uh, you know, reaching, uh, reaching our community, you'd be stunned. I, I have a feeling if you asked not just the demographic data, but if you asked your school principals what's your percentage of students who eat on a free or reduced lunch, you'd be blown away. Uh, The food bank of Northeast and Central Missouri, uh, I think it's something like one in five children face food insecurity. Yep. Um, It's it's rampant. So there are things that we could do. Yeah. I was going to say, I think trying to find, I think it's, I think it's important for a church to find the needs on the individual level, like the the missing cows. Um, And then I also think you can can continue and find needs. You know, our church, we partner with Serve, um, which is a Fulton-based community service organization. I'm actually not entirely sure of the full depth, but um, they will send people that need assistance to us, and then as we're able to help, we help them. Um, I've talked to a lot of them and just 
just shared that Jesus has a better life for you, not your best life now, but a better life than what is going on with you, um, than this brokenness and this horribleness. Um, And it's been an awesome opportunity to share and get in uh, to their lives and trying to find a balance between helping them and just supporting them but that's a whole nother that's another podcast in and of itself Um, but then I know we've sent some people down to Union Hill uh, for the food pantry and so there's another uh, plug back to our earlier podcast about the association working together doing more but I think trying to partner with um, with serve then we partner with a couple of the women's shelters and a homeless shelter here in Fulton you know we we're just trying to find some of those areas that we can reach out and a lot of those are really simple like uh, we do sure. a, a meal once a month for the homeless shelter. Um, we talk to the the women's shelters and, and give them some things and different stuff. But it's it's easy to to do those. It doesn't really take a lot of work. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, on any given night, two hundred homeless people in Callaway County. That yeah, came so. from. Law enforcement. That's amazing to me. So, yeah. so uh, just some things to remind you here at the end. Uh, Preston's got demographic data, yeah. and and that's. I mean, you might think right now, gosh, how am I going to use that? Get the data. Yeah, it's, you, it's eye-opening. eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also, not, not just the the demographic. I'm going to come alongside of you and help walk you through that process of us going because it's one thing for me to know it because I'm the the missionary for our our areas. I'm trying to learn our two counties better than anybody, but for you to grab that and understand who's in your community. So we'll walk with that as long as it takes and, and figure that out. So so get get that stuff. Get Ask community leaders, whoever you've got, school principal, law enforcement, city, county, whoever it is that's a leader in your community. If it's the guys who sit at the coffee shop around that one table, and I know in a rural community where I grew up, there's there's this one cafe. The guys there, they're the guys who know the community. Ask them, whoever Absolutely. that is, yeah. uh, ask them and and act on what you find. Yep, yep. So not giving anything away. Just come ask me for your demographic, and we'll we'll go through there on that. So. Every listener gets a free gift today. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So know who your lives community. in Callaway or Audrain County. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Outside of that, we don't know. But you're if, on your own. If you're outside of that, man, that'd be awesome if we had listeners who are outside of that. Get in touch with me. I will get you in touch with the people in your area. So very good. Any last words? No. If you see a cow that doesn't look. Like it needs to be there, ask. Awesome. Awesome. All right. For the Case in the Joint podcast, um, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks.